Have you ever been tempted to give up or check out in your walk with God? Have you been at a place in life's journey where you felt overwhelmed and overshadowed by life's obstacles, setbacks, or heartaches? It could be you're at such a place right now, a place where you are hungering for hope. If so, then Hope Along the Journey podcast is a ministry of encouragement created specifically with you and others just like you in mind. And now, here is your host, Mark Cravens, to share a word of encouragement with you today. Thank you for listening today to Hope Along the Journey podcast. Welcome aboard. I'm your host, Mark Cravens, and it's a joy to have you with us today. We have here on a Zoom call, uh, Natalie Rains Blanton. Natalie, welcome to the podcast today. Thank you. It's good to be here. Oh, it's just such a joy. I've looked so forward to this. Uh, as you know, I'm one of your fans. I listen <laughs> I listen every Sunday to you as you play the piano. And so uh, when you agreed to come on the podcast, I just thought this is this is incredible. Thank you for taking the time to do it. Thank so you. appreciate what you and your husband are doing, and we'll talk a little bit about that in just a few moments. But uh, Natalie, you are a musician. You're a wonderful pianist. You're a singer. You're a, you're a music teacher. I do. You're a recording artist. Uh, you're a church pianist. You're a wife, and I don't know how many other hats you wear, but so delighted to have you here today. Tell us a little bit more about who you are and maybe something that I might have missed here in this long list of, of things that you do. <laughs> you about got it all, but I think, <laughs> let's see. So um, our family has a music ministry, so I do a lot of the like arranging and songwriting for that. And okay. So that's part yeah. of what we do. And then my husband and I produce video courses for church pianists. And then we recently did a, a beginner course because we saw that so many people wanted to learn and to play for their church, but didn't feel like they had the skills necessary to even begin. So we did a beginner hymn playing course to like kind of fast track somebody to be able to bless their church. Cause I've learned about so many churches. I knew this was a problem, mm-hmm. but in the last couple of years become more aware of so many churches that have no musician. You're absolutely they right. Desperately mm-hmm. need anyone who could play even at an elementary level. So that's kind of been our heart is to bless the church by working with the musicians. So that's kind of, I'm doing fewer and fewer one-on-one lessons because we're needing the time to devote to course production and producing sheet music for church pianists who may be classically trained, but then don't actually know how to like play hymns. Like that's a Mm -hmm. different style. It is absolutely, yes. If you can write it out, I can do it, but I don't really understand the process of looking at a hymnal. So that's uh-huh. been, we, we look at our life sometimes and say, how many more branches are there to this tree? But <laughs> God has this wonderful order to it. And so we're learning that just walking in his steps are the best. So that's right. You, you've almost, you've almost persuaded me to try that beginning course because the little known fact that I do not publish is that I play the piano. Oh. I t- yeah. Yeah. I took three and a half years of piano lessons um, I can play a handful of hymns, you know, as long as it's C or G or two flats or one flat, you get me beyond two sharps and I'm like, or five flats and I'm like, I'm out of here. But, uh, <laughs> you would laugh. It, it would be entertaining. Maybe I should start a ministry where I just make people laugh as I play the no. piano. <laughs> My pastor is taking the course. He joined oh, our really? choir and he said, I really want to learn more about like what I'm doing. Cause I have no idea what yeah. I'm doing. Bar, but he's just doing it to encourage some of the other guys, you know, 
And that's so fantastic. He, he's taking the beginner course. So I think that's just the coolest thing. So, Well, you are probably a tail end of a generation where almost everybody took piano lessons. But that has changed today. And not only are there a lot of musicians who don't know church music and or how to play gospel music or how to play hymns, because like you said, it's a totally different style than classical music, but there are just a fewer and fewer people actually are, are taking piano lessons. And yeah, so that's creating a, a vacuum for a lot of churches. Well, what I'd like to do first of all today, Natalie, I'd like for you to go back and talk to us about your history growing up because your, your story is a story filled with music from childhood. So tell us about your childhood, about your journey through music to where you are today. So it really starts with my dad's burden for a family that would be involved in music ministry. Because he, when he was in high school and college, he would read, you know, the Psalms are written by Asaph or the sons of Asaph. And he would read about how the sons of Asaph were ministering in the temple. And he, before he met my mom and before any of us kids were born, had a burden to have a family that served the Lord through music. My dad's very musical. He's an amazing gospel pianist. And he felt limited because his parents let him quit like around middle school, because by then he was already a very good like church pianist. So he was playing so much and even teaching others. He didn't like continue his own lessons, but he was using it how God wanted him to for sure. So he wanted us kids to start young and make music like a very serious part of our education, really, and then ministry. So he was our church song leader and choir leader, the adult choir, things like that. Mm-hmm. So we grew up and my mom came from a family that all sang and she learned to harmonize, you know, at very young age and their church. That's our, my dad and mom's church backgrounds, even though they grew up in different churches, they were similar in terms of music, like lots of harmony singing and lots of, um, you know, everybody gather around the piano and sing out by ear. And you just learn mm-hmm. to find your part kind of thing. Cause I've asked my mom since then, I'm like, how did we kids learn to sing parts? Like, how do you mm-hmm. teach that? And she said, I would just keep music playing in the car and we'd be all singing together. And I'd say, now switch parts, do another part. So we'd learn to hear where the part went. And I think just that early exposure to it, sure, very mm-hmm. wide variety of music. Like we did, my dad did a lot of like, you know, we did the red back hymnal type music as congregational singing. Sometimes we did, you know, the big old hymns of the faith that aren't in the red back. We learned those songs and he would do choir octavos and anthems and then we did like you know really gospel style stuff we love brooklyn tabernacle we just it was very wide like it was everything from majesty music all the way to brooklyn tabernacle which are very very different and <laughs> it's a wide spectrum yes, it is yeah. and i feel yeah. like that was so enriching because we learned to appreciate like really good singing and then they had all of us kids start piano in kindergarten and we could choose our second instrument I chose many second instruments that all were tremendous fails. Like you, you could ask my family today about about the cello and the saxophone and they're going to beg me to please never pick them up again. (laughs) So all of my siblings excelled at their second instruments and even more like they're just, my siblings are great musicians as well. That's amazing. Reason the piano is the one that got in my head and heart. And you mentioned kids not taking as much anymore. And I remember when I was in elementary school, it seemed like all my classmates took piano or something, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but then by, right. you know, 
fifth, sixth grade, most of them had been allowed to quit and weren't having to play anymore. And I would beg, I remember begging at like 12 years old. I said, mom and dad, please let me quit. None of my friends have to take, you know, I was practicing about an hour and a half a day at that point. And my dad, I remember he just calmly looked over his newspaper and he said, we're fine. Cause I, I used every excuse I could come up with <laughs> financially. I was going to help the family by not, you know, yeah. <laughs> my lessons. I came up with all sorts of things and it really hadn't gotten in my heart yet. I don't think I loved music and I loved singing in church, but playing, it, it was a lot of hard work. I'm classically trained and there was just hours and hours of competition prep and memorizing and it, it was just hard. Mm-hmm. And so they just said, no, keep taking, we're going to, we're going to encourage you through this and keep you moving. And at 14 on a Sunday afternoon in September, my granddad was the pastor of our home church. And he said, I want you to start playing for the youth choir. And I thought he meant in like a few months. Cause at that time, my dad was the pianist and I was like, okay, I'll start working. He's like, okay, that'll be tonight. I want you to start playing tonight. And I wow. sobbed all afternoon just <laughs> because my parents knew I had an ear and they knew uh-huh. that I had it, but they had really made me stay like closer to the music because mm-hmm. my dad was afraid if I let myself only play by ear that I would miss a lot of the fundamentals. And he's right. I would have, I was kind of a, if I'd have known that that was where the most fun was, I would have stayed there early too early. And so at 14, when my granddad told me that it was a miserable afternoon and my dad was like, you're going to be fine. You're going to be fine. And I just, I thought my life is over. I'm going to die tonight. And my foot (laughs) so hard on the pedal that it would bounce. I couldn't hold the pedal down. It would hit the, the underneath the piano and I couldn't, my my knees. and I thought this is never going to get easier. And after, I don't know, I would hand the song leader, the three songs that I was able to play that night that I had practiced. And after a few weeks, he said, do you think we can start recycling a few of those back in and maybe a little bit more spontaneous and I'm just going to call a page number. And I thought, oh, I don't think I can do that. But Mm -hmm. God really helped me. Like I really had to like not be consumed with myself and not fear people listening to me. And just, I think that was when I started realizing this is my gift and it is for God. Like I am doing it for him and it is my way of worship. Yes. And Mm -hmm. I think from 14 on was when I just, I fell in love with church music, like hymns, gospel songs, accompanying for groups. I I just loved it. And Mm -hmm. my parents made me continue classical lessons till I graduated high school. But by then I knew that my focus was going to be church music. And I just, I look back on it now at at where I am today and then how the Lord like prepared that path. Yes. Mm -hmm. And it's just, I feel like my story is just a series of walking through doors he opened because like I needed the discipline of that classical training. I'm not one of these people. I have great friends who never had a lesson and they play amazingly. And I just, I marvel at that. And I think mm-hmm. that's really incredible, but God knew I needed the discipline of just mm-hmm. systematic practice. It's not easy. It's going to be hard, but it's going to be worth it. I had a teacher who did not come from my music background at all. She was very, like more of a high church music background and um, very classically trained and God knew that's what I needed. So he just put people in my path that trained me. And then my church background was so rich. And then, I don't know, it just, and then the Lord, our family started singing together a lot when I was about five, I guess my dad had my sister and I sing with him and my mom. 
and okay. then it's just continued to today and exciting stuff. I just oh. I marvel at the Lord's path. Sure, sure. And it's it is amazing to me, like you know, various streams that just kind of came together. You know, your your parents' bulldog insistence that you were going to keep taking those lessons. You know, and it was like when it was the last thing Natalie wanted to do was keep taking those lessons. But and then that uh, surprise of being called upon to perform at such an early age um, for for the for your youth choir, yeah. youth group. And and you you kick you were kicking and screaming. You know, it wasn't like, oh, this is what I am just waiting for. This is what I just want to do. Uh, but but God knew the plans that he had for you. And thankfully, you had some people that came into your life that either made you or encouraged you to move out of your comfort zone. Yes. Until now today, you look back and you say, it all makes sense. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm, I'm happy for that. Because I think a lot of times, don't you think, Natalie, a lot of times we will, if we're not careful, we'll tend to just rest in our comfort zone. Absolutely. And not really break out. And I'm not, I'm not a risk taker. Like you can ask Josh, we've had so many conversations since this business has grown. It, it's just funny how it, it got, even got started, but how many times I've, he'll come to me with this, but he's a visionary. He has the big ideas and I'm the one that wants to say, no, no, no. We just need to keep doing what works. Cause I'm, I'm, I'm by <laughs> nature just, I like my little area and it works mm-hmm. and there's no need to change it. And the Holy Spirit is continually putting sandpaper in my life that just knocks off those edges and pushes me. And I've I've had the opportunity to tell so many parents since then, like when they say, I don't want my child to hate music and I don't want them to hate playing in church because I made them. And I say, the thing about it is I've never met an adult who was like, I'm so glad I quit. Like, I'm so glad I don't have to, I don't have that ability to serve Lord in this way. Like it doesn't happen. And I'm like, you as the parent, like carry them through those rough years when the kid is like, I do not want to practice. I do not. I said, Mm -hmm. you make them do things all the time. They don't want to do like absolutely. the Lord leads us through situations we don't want to go through to make us better in some way, more like him. And it's the same way with music lessons. And I'm like, just encourage them through those years. And Mm -hmm. on the other side, they are going to be so grateful. Like all four of my siblings have had to play the piano in church for churches Mm -hmm. or using their other instruments in church. Mm -hmm. And it's just a skill you never regret having. Right. Right. So it's a, it's an interesting thing. I know a lot of parents think like if you force it, they'll hate it. Mm -hmm. But I come from the back. I guess the other side of that is get through those years. They'll be thankful. Absolutely. Because you've met so many adults, I'm sure who said, Oh, I would give anything if my parents would have made me stick to the piano Mm -hmm. or my parents would have made me stick to something that I gave up too soon. Yes. Um, but I think a lot of times, and we parents are this way, we, we kind of want to remove all the hardships and roadblocks. I remember as, uh, oftentimes as a father, I'd think, well, I just wish I could make life easier for my children. But I had to soon come to realize that if, like you said, if they don't have the sandpaper times in their life, if God isn't able to bring them through the tough stuff and knock off the edges, then I'm, you know, that's what real, that's where real life is. And that's where God really prepares us for ministry is through going through those tough times. So, well, we're going to, this is a two-part podcast. We're going to focus in part two, a lot on something that I want to just kind of 
break into just for a moment here, and that is the Sunday hymns. Right now, as I just checked, and I did check my facts, <laughs> that you have over 31,000 people subscribing to your Sunday hymns. Tell us how Sunday hymns on YouTube got started. Oh, man, that's a that's quite a story. So um, I had been at a school. This is a little bit of a backstory. I'll give the quick version. But I had been at a school full time for nine years, thought I'd be there for a long time. God brought Josh into my life. We knew we were getting married during the following school year, and I was driving about 50 minutes was my commute. And I didn't want to do that while planning a wedding, moving, you know. So I took a job at a school much closer to home that was a little bit more part-time so I could really see if the piano side of things would grow. I was already teaching a lot. We had had a video go viral in 2017, and it got about, I think, 17 million views or something like that. So I started getting a lot of inquiries about would I teach, did wow. I teach gospel music, so I had started doing some of that virtually, but really didn't know, like, what is God doing with this? Like, does it have the potential to grow or am I just going to do a few here and there? So I took that slightly more part-time job at that Christian school so I could really grow the music side of things at Josh's encouragement. So then we got married during that following school year and the school had approached me and said, we'd like for you to go full-time next year and really add a bunch of stuff. And by that point, I was already seeing that the music side of things was growing and that mm -hmm. Josh and I really wanted to be in a position where we were more flexible for ministry opportunities should that open up. And we didn't really want to be tied down. And I said, you know what? I'm actually, Josh suggested it. He said, why don't you think about staying home and just us growing our music ministry together and teaching more virtual lessons and seeing what will happen. So I said, okay, I made that decision to step away from the classroom. Well, he started hearing me teaching and he would say, I'm hearing you teach these church pianists and you explain the same concept like across three different lessons. He's like, why don't we make a video course where it's just like prepackaged and someone could get the fundamentals. And I, my first thought was, I can't do that. That's too hard. You know, as, as usual, my I, you know, scared of risks. And I said, Oh buddy, you know, and the Lord said, you need to follow the leadership of your husband in this. And, he, he had, sees things on a business side and from a different angle than you do as just a you know, creative. So when I was in the studio, we moved my grand piano all the way to a studio in Greenville where my brother-in-law was a videographer and he was doing the course. And he said, do you have a Facebook page? Do you have, do you put music on your Facebook page and YouTube? And I said, no, I don't. I said, I don't, I don't people aren't really interested in that. And he said, um, I, I think they are. He said, set your profile picture right now in this break between video lessons. And we're going to go live on your Facebook page. And I said, "Will no one's going to watch that. And he said, just, just do it. Just do it. What's, what's the worst that can happen? No one watches it. You're going to play him requests and see what happens. And I thought, this is, this is going to be so awkward. <laughs> My sister had made me do that. We have a family page, Rain's family and victory song where she would make right. me go live and, I'd say, don't show my face, just get my hands. You know, I was terrified. And um, she would do all the talking. Well, then I knew I was going to have to do all the talking in this. And that was really scary. So I, he went live and I played and people watched and submitted him requests. And it blew my mind. And he said, you really ought to do that on like a regular basis. And I, as usual, I said, no, no, no. People are not going to watch that on a regular basis. Like it would get boring very quickly. This was in November. And so then 
I don't know, a couple weeks later, Josh had kind of helped me warm up to the idea of actually going live and playing hymn requests a little bit more regularly. And we picked Sunday night because that was a good time for us. We could get home from church, have it already set up, put the phone on a tripod and see what happens. And it, it started growing so quickly. I guess we started doing it officially in December. Well, then in January, Josh said, we really ought to put these on your YouTube channel. And I think people would enjoy that. It's just mm -hmm. very spontaneous. It's organic. It's not pre-planned. It's just relaxed. Right, right. Mm -hmm. And then the pandemic hit in March. Yes. So all these churches were not having services and the numbers started going up. And I remember the first time, you know, 300 people were on live and then 500 people were on live. And I kept thinking, what is happening? And people were saying, our, we are missing the hymns. We feel so isolated. Our church is not having services. This is our worship time. And God just quickly made Josh and me realize like this was so much bigger than the two of us. I, I, I kind of just took my hands off of it and thought, you know, Lord, whatever you want to do with this and how far you want it to go is completely up to you. That's awesome. Well, we're going to hear more about that. Natalie, thank you for uh, agreeing to stay on, and we're going to record part two here in just a moment. But what we've got special right now is that we're going to hear you play a hymn. So what is what is the title of the hymn that you're going to play for us? I'll do He Leadeth Me. All right, great. All right, well, here it is.
Thank you, Natalie, for that beautiful hymn. Oh, what a, what a wonderful, wonderful hymn of encouragement to know that God does lead us, just like he's led you through all of that's happening and continues to lead you in this wonderful ministry. We want to thank all of you today for listening to Hope Along the Journey podcast. It's been a joy to have you. Friends, we'd love to hear from you, so drop us a note sometime at hopealongthejourney at gmail.com. Again, that's hopealongthejourney at gmail.com, or visit our website at hopealongthejourney.org. Remember today, the good news is that Jesus Christ is the hope of the world, and if you will look to Him, you'll find hope along the journey. God bless you. Thanks for listening to today's podcast. If you liked what you heard and would like to know more, follow us on Facebook at Hope Along the Journey or send us an email at hopealongthejourney at gmail.com. Thanks again for listening, and we hope you join us again for more hope along the journey.